Experience the Jared difference. The best prices on an amazing selection. Select your diamond gift today from hundreds of styles they're sure to love. Jared. Love brilliantly. My name is Tracy Ariel, and I am unapologetically Canadian. So this is such an exciting week. There are so many things going on, and it's a little bit frazzling, actually. And even when good things happen, uh, you sort of get uh, this sense of uh, overwhelmed, and everything is too cool, and you get you start going ahead ten years, and and how things at least. All right, this is what I do. <laughs> we are. Um, and with one of my businesses, we're uh, applying for credit because we have a big opportunity to uh, expand the operation next year. And so on one hand, we're really excited because this shows that people around us are in, are believing that the company uh, has a good future and they're investing in us. On the other hand, we have the extra pressure of feeling like we have to justify these uh, these investments. And so then uh, of all of that feeling of uh, I'm not good enough and whatever, you can't do it and all of those things uh, come much more to the surface than they are normally are. So um, whether things are going really, really well or really, really bad, uh, you still have to deal with your mindset and your capability of being resilient and uh, and uh, we're also waiting for a few approvals and uh, if those approvals don't come through then the other things are going to be harder to do and uh, it's all a turn and that's how any business goes uh, you'll know um, today I'm presenting uh, an interview from Heather Grace Stewart and uh, this is an author who uh, is a good buddy of mine and uh, she has just created a really fun series of um, they're really humorous, uh, uh, humorous romances of all sorts. There's fantasy romances, there's um, his, uh, uh, regular romances, uh, well, what she calls second chance romances, and uh, it's really, really, uh, she has a, a series of books that are really fun, but she's been working on it for 10 years now, and things are only just starting to happen in terms of expansion for her career. And so we talk about uh, basically how you have to be uh, just keep going and uh, we also talk a little bit about balance and her belief that uh, it, you don't necessarily have to write every day if you're a writer your projects can kill can go move, can move forward as long as you're intentional about them and so that's the other theme of this week uh, we've got flexibility and intention because when you put an intention into something you do more than your nor at least in my case um, when I put intention in something, I do more than I would normally do because um, I, I, I basically said I'm going to do it and so it's a challenge. And that leads to my NaNoWriMo, uh, I'll just update you on how that's going. I'm at uh, 19,000 words. I should be, if I were right on track right now, I should be at about 24 or 25,000 words and on my way to 30. Instead, um, I'm on my, still on my way to 25, but I'm really happy because uh, I'm still moving forward. I got through... Uh, Last weekend, I had to take off four days because I had a really huge deadline to do instead. And uh, but I got through that, and now I'm on track again. And uh, the schedule is going well, and uh, I'm still confident I'll be able to do the fifty thousand words. But I guess we'll see next week. Uh, hope everything's going well with you. And uh, here's my interview with Heather.
And Heather and I have been buddies for a long time because we were members of the same Writers Association. Hi, Heather. Hi, it's it's great to talk with you again. Yeah, I know. It's been so long. Can you tell me? I mean, the, the reason I asked you, because I saw all of the excitement about Ticket. Can you talk a little bit about what you've been doing lately and uh, why the things are getting exciting with the Ticket? Yeah, that's such a writer's life thing. I mean, nothing happens, nothing happens for months and then all at once, which is great, but I'm a little, I'm overwhelmed right now. Because um, we just put out a French version of The Ticket. The Ticket is a contemporary romance novel that um, I self-published in 2016. And uh, and then it went on Kindle and paperback worldwide. And uh, And then in the summer, you know, fast forward to the summer and people were um, having lots of time because of coronavirus. So this reader who really loved it, I didn't even know she was doing this. She read it. She loved it. She wanted a friend to um, read it. And she, and the friend only spoke French. So she translated the whole thing. Wow. Isn't that sweet? Oh my gosh. That's fabulous. I know. And then I've been on the internet for a long time. Um, so I've learned to not to, that, that you can make friends and, and it can be safe, but there's also some strange scams and stuff happening. So I, at, she wrote me an email and said, I've translated this and, and it sounded from her broken English that she was going to publish it. So I went into author mode, like, you can't do that politely, of course, but you can't do that. You don't have the rights. And, you know, and then she goes, no, no, I, I just thought I'd give it to you and you could publish. Wow. <laughs> publish it on- yeah. So we, we, um, that was the first excitement was in late August. She basically became a friend. Her name is Melody Portlet. She's adorable and so kind and so talented. She's a great translator. And uh, that just came out just last week. And at the same time, last week, I get notification from my agent uh, that uh, the ticket's been optioned by a production company in LA. (laughs) <laughs> that's so exciting congratulations it's really you. exciting I mean option doesn't mean produced yet but still it's it means that people are looking at producing it which is really cool I, yeah well I, was, I know I was going to be talking with you and and also you know eventually my readers and my mailing list like to hear I kind of have people sign up to my mailing list to hear a lot of news whereas on social media you keep it to a minimum and that's kind of the bonus on my mailing list they get sometimes they get pictures of my cat and stuff like that. So um, I thought, how am I going to phrase this? Because not everybody knows that when, like, especially people who aren't in the industry, they just don't know that when you get, get optioned, it could fall apart and not happen. And then I decided what I've done as a self-publisher the last few years is just to always believe that every step gets you ahead and, and you have to be positive and you have to just keep going. So so I'm just looking at this as like, what's well, another step? And it's way better than I was four years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, it's another step in where you want to go. And mindset is so positive. Mindset is so important because you just never, um, you just can't count on so many things. <laughs> you better at least be able to count on yourself being positive all the time. Well, there's been a lot of setbacks. I've been trying, when I wrote it, I saw it as a movie in my mind. Um, all the books that I've done, all the commercial fiction books. Um, my poetry is different, and um, I just do that knowing I probably won't make much of a living out of it, but I just do it for the passion. And with the ticket, it was a based on a true news story that happened in Canada, and I thought, okay, I'm going to fictionalize it to make it, you know, more appealing for the greater public. 
and also to be safe because I couldn't reach the, the people involved. So I just completely made it um, grabbed from the headlines. But after that, after the headline, it's fictionalized. Right. And But when I saw the news story back in 2016 and I told my daughter, who was then 10, I said, oh, my gosh, that's my next novel. And she goes, well, you better get cracking on that, Mommy. <laughs> because she, she she's such a clever kid um, and she's smarter than me now. And she knew that possibly someone else would take it and make it more of a like biography type or documentary about this guy who had a ticket to go around the world and his girlfriend broke up with him at the last minute and he had to find someone with the same name to go on the passport to go and, and use the ticket because he didn't want to waste it. Right. Yeah, I remember that story. So she, you know, in her wisdom is like, well, don't just, you know, kind of lollygag and do it a little bit. Just go full on. So I've been going full on with this one since 2016. Wow. And what what does full on mean to you? Because not <laughs> everybody who listens, I mean, this is a, a podcast about Canadian identity, so not everybody who listens it knows the industry either. So full on, uh, yeah, that's interesting. That I said that because my personality is like that, and I have to actually pull myself in and take rests. And um, this summer was good for that because we were forced to be home. So. Um, I wasn't full on this summer. Isn't that interesting? I was going to say that to you too, that when you were, I knew you were going to be asking what writer's advice I give. And a lot of people say, write every day. And I, I have learned in the last decade that that's not necessarily good for a writer, especially if they have lower back problems like I do or wrist problems or just, you know, just being overwhelmed um, and needing to just kind of do the work-life balance thing. That it's okay to just think about your project every day and just and just just thinking about it as something or just taking one step towards it, but it doesn't have to necessarily be writing three thousand words. So so full on for me, I, I guess I meant um, it's been the one project at the top of my mind that could be a movie. Everything else, um, I've had some nibbles and people interested. Strangely incredibly good is actually my first novel, and it's actually um, my agent shopping it around too. Um, and there's been a few interests from um, producers asking to read it and stuff. Ah, fabulous. Okay, so basically what we are now at the stage where you have the ticket in production, you have someone who basically gave you a translation, um, and now, so but what about your other books? Because you have other books as well. What's happening with those? And tell me, give, give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what, books you have and and the process of becoming because you're an author you're a poet and you're a fiction author but what made you decide to do um what, what do you call it second chance romances <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just fell into it I think I I uh, I'd always been a poet and actually some people from the periodical writers association which is how I met you came to one of my poetry readings and signings for carry on dancing my first published book with a publisher, because I'm a hybrid author. I'm published uh, traditionally with a few books, about four books. And then I, I grabbed all the rights um, with a very kind publisher named Morning Rain Publishing, who published my first novel, who after two years decided that um, it, they were fi finding it a struggle for all of their authors. And a lot of us asked for the rights back after two years. And they became a service to help us authors. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So we all worked together after the fact with the rights and ended up doing design and putting the books out. Um, so it was all very friendly. And in fact, um, one of the editors is now my editor for all my books. Oh, ah, fabulous. 
So uh, that's a so 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 basically, I asked why I went into that, and it's just because they said you should write something longer. And I was like, oh no, I just do poetry, and I'm I'm a, at the time I was just doing journalism, and and then I went home and I thought, why did I say no? I if they think I can do it, maybe I should write something longer. So I wrote strangely incredibly good, and and that's a, a fantasy romance. Um, and I don't know why that's the beginning of how I got into second chance romance because she is um, a woman who's um, the lead cat is overweight and frustrated with life and uh, just going through the rut after a divorce and she goes to try the wee machine to lose some weight and um, it's a very curve positive book um, but she's just trying to get herself to feel better about life again and, and a genie comes out of the wee machine <laughs> And so don't ask me, like, that just happened. I had the idea in my, in my mind when I was doing Wii. And, and he was real, like, the, the guy, the actual guy for me, he, he wasn't synced up when he was telling me that I was shaky. And I'm like, no, like, you're shaky and you're not even synced up with your mouth with what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard myself talking to him, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, I've lost it. This is like six years ago. <laughs> and then I, I just stopped doing the exercise and ran up to my computer. I'm like, this would be funny. This would be really funny. Like, I would, wasn't sure what I was doing. And, and in the end, now I, I sell it as a mashup. Oh, it's, okay. It's fantasy, romance, humor. And there's some tragic moments in it, too. But, you know, that movie, what was that movie about the fish that was a mashup that did so well and won an Oscar? The Fish Called uh, Wanda? No, it's just recently. Oh, no, I'm I can't. sorry, I don't know. It's I'm a love story. It's yeah. So, and I was like, yes, it's a movie about a woman who falls in love with a fish. And I'm like, if, it, if that won an Oscar, you know, strangely and incredibly good, maybe it's not so odd. And it's gotten it's gotten great reviews. People really like the fact that she's just an ordinary woman trying to make a life for herself, and and some magic kind of comes into play for her. Well, I mean, Edible Woman by uh, Margaret Atwood was was about that, like a, an ordinary woman in her daily life. So it's not the, it's uh, definitely a subject matter that that can appeal to a lot of people. So yeah, so so how I fell into that, I guess that was the first one, and then people wanted a sequel, and then I decided to get away from the fantasy a little bit. Not that I will never go back, but I just thought, well, maybe I can just just think they'll appeal to an even wider audience because not everybody wants fantasy and magic and genies in their books right yeah i i do <laughs> <laughs> well yeah there's nothing stopping you from going back there for sure it's uh but uh um so th but but you were saying that 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 one as well is um has been optioned or is that true it hasn't been optioned. Uh, my agent is shopping it, and uh, some a producer just asked to to read it. So we're not there yet, but it's exciting when a producer reaches out mm -hmm. and and asks to read it. And um, you know, there's so much competition, and and for me, I just want it to find the right home. It's not really about anything, but more people because a lot of people have written me, especially especially with that one. Um, there's some she's abused in her first marriage and she gets out of that and she was bullied as a high schooler so there's a lot of pain that she has to move away from in order to find her best self and um and her best life and uh a lot of people have written me saying one girl left an abusive relationship and she actually asked about a year and a half to two years later for, she got remarried and she asked to to have some of the poetry that I'd written read at her wedding, two poems. Oh, isn't and I'm that I'm tearing up now as I remember that. You know, this is the stuff I need to remember more in my journey because there's days when you get 
a one-star review and you want to cry and you try not to take it personally because not everybody's going to like my work. I, I get that. Yeah. Um, That's, that's what life is like. I mean, if everybody was the same and everybody liked everything, it wouldn't be, we'd be in a really awful world. (laughs) But (laughs) that was a good fit for your work, but yeah, there was a scientific experiment where they saw that people remembered the the negative about, about their work, usually their work, the negative comments and stuff much more than, the positive it's just kind of human nature so it's nice to remember that that girl did ask for that at the wedding yeah and and so did you do it and how did you do it like did you did you just give her the rights for that day or what did you do oh I just gave I just gave her rights to yeah I just I just said sure yeah take pictures (laughs) (laughs) that's all um I love when that kind of stuff happens and that's and that's kind of what happened with uh um Melody Portlet with the French book but, but I paid her in the end. Like she didn't want payment, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You translated an entire book. We're going into business together." <laughs> <laughs> and she's working on Good Nights now, which is the second in the series. Oh, she um, is! Oh my yeah. gosh, that's fabulous! Yeah. So, so there's this fantasy series that I've done. When you're asking what I've done as far as fiction, um, and there's the fantasy series, and that's two books because there's a sequel to Cat's Life with the Genie. He disappears for a while and she has to find him again in the second book. And then, <laughs> and, and then um, uh, the, the four other books are, again, Second Chance Romance. And, and uh, what ties those together is just technology going awry. And it's how technology, because the four books are not necessarily, you don't have, you can read them in any order. But what links them is that it's a person who's getting a second chance romance and also technology goes awry or it it bonds them together like um in good night like is it to our detriment or is it to our um helping us when technology is in our life and our love lives wow. so i look at that and i actually i can't wait for you know more of my books to be discovered so that a book club can look at that how i've done that in each book because um i was speaking to a few readers on instagram recently and they were like oh i just noticed that like they didn't really quite clue in that it's always it's an app and good night's an app an app has an error and they end up being booked into the same um bed and breakfast basically (laughs) at the same time and they wanted their own free time and so they're they're not very happy about it at first (laughs) you do have a um a way of pulling the uh what happens in life and making it um the center of a of a story it's really fun Thank you. And actually, I'm thinking we, we had a few little technical problems with this at the beginning. And that's just probably because of me, because, <laughs> because technology doesn't work all the time. Eh? <laughs> no, and that's and that's something that I, I pick up on always. And I find it and I find it a really interesting theme that we we can either run with it or we can fight it. And sometimes technology does help us in our relationships, but sometimes it can, you know, it can make people um, distant from each other and like like if you're always on your phone and, and in fact in remarkably great I had um, one of the characters cat sister is addicted to her phone um, and it was interesting because that was I wrote that in 2015 and it's even worse with all of us now right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but she she threw it into the Seine River in France because she finally realized and she just threw it wow that was a that's a cool moment um so we've been talking about some of the. So which of those uh, would you say is your highlight? The, 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 
is is the ticket the highlight or um is there I, I think moment that's a um the you highlight journalism at all no I had to kind of take a break I mean I'm open to opportunities and stuff but I, I'm just so busy with the fiction writing and then it, it's more than half a day now with marketing it uh I write in the mornings till about noon and then I'm usually marketing and doing businesses and podcasts like this and stuff like that um till supper time so and uh, you're you said you're a kindle unlimited uh, writer like all of your books are, are they're all on kindle unlimited and now all of them have been um published with another publisher so the, i'm not self-publishing the audiobooks they've been picked up which oh, was another great. highlight so i think when you, you asked me what the highlight is and i think it's just that i persisted as a self-published author because because that I could have walked away and given up and, and a long time ago. And um, it's been five solid years since Strangely Incredibly Good came out where I started to realize I wanted to kind of take it on as my own business, Graceful Publications, and and look after each of my books on my own. Um, and, and I did look for a publisher for a while, but I think it would have been a mistake because they're kind of – I'm getting a lot more opportunities this way. Right. And uh, well, the thing about self-publishing too—I mean, in many ways, it's the new trendy, right? <laughs> it's everybody knows that 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 you can first of all you can make more, and second of all, you can actually lead your career in a different way. And you know what the possibilities are for that story because you came up with it. So, who, I think who, so, but I think there's still a bit of—it's still a bit of a stigma attached to a certain extent. And but I'm okay with it now. It's taking me. It took me a while because I really tried in 2015, 2016. I, I tried to get a publisher, and um, and, and in, in every case, they said they loved how it was written, they loved the story, but it wasn't what they were going to be publishing that year. Right. That kind of story, it was just not a fit. And um, I didn't want to waste any more time. Like life is short is basically why I just go ahead with stuff. Well, and. I so I've been listening yeah. to Joanna Penn's podcast and um, also Mark Dawson's podcast. They're um, <laughs> sort of famous self-publishers and um, it's making me a lot more positive about the whole uh, um, independent author journey. Yeah. Well, Mark Dawson um, was a, a highlight for me because they came to visit. Uh, not Mark, sadly not Mark. He wasn't able to, but his, his crew, his, his second hand guy who does the podcast, uh, James, James Blatch. Oh, I love yeah. him. They came to my house in they 20... They did? When? Yeah. So, so, I mean, yes, you're right, the ticket, because they'd realized the ticket was selling so well, and it was a, it became number one in, in all the, in, in, uh, on Kindle, in a category number one on Canada and the UK and in the States. Um, 2017, I think? I lose track now. I mean, I try not to look at those numbers and stuff anymore. Now it's just actually, like I said, reader mail. <laughs> and you so know, they that, came and did an episode so i need to go back and listen to that episode well if you go on youtube um they did a kind of a promo for self-publishing because i took the self-publishing formula and then the ads for authors and um this i did that when i got the rights in 2016 back from these kind oh publishers. okay and I thought, well, I'm going to take a course because I did okay for myself for a little bit in the summer of 2016. And then by Christmas 2016, I thought, I want to take this course. And by February or March of 2017, the ticket was taking off in the charts. Wow. I'd only done like four weeks, uh, four, four to five weeks of the course, started implementing stuff. By week six after implementing the stuff, I was seeing incredible changes. 
And, so basically, and, you're like an advertising segment for them. That's great. <laughs> I am, and I still, I still talk about them. Um, we don't have any kind of arrangement at all. I just, I love what Mark has to teach and the whole community there. Yeah, um, it's a really supportive community. Well, and, I just love yeah. their um, podcast. I mean, and and uh, I love. I mean, they do some great interviews. They they really are inspiring. But I think, uh, you know, it's been a journey since 2016, that time, four years of just kind of, you know, push you, pull me, like me fighting with myself. Okay, do I I just keep aiming to get a publisher because it's more money or, you know, and it's not necessarily so, but usually you get a bigger, you get this huge advance usually with a traditional publisher, whereas self-publishing, you're basically paying for yourself with advertising and design and proofreading and all that. And you see the results, you know, let's hope six to six months to a year later. Right. So you have to put out money up front. So I was always fighting with myself. And I think I started to see a change in, uh, in everything more like 2018 when I was like, no, okay, I'm just going to do this on my own. I keep doing it on my own, but with a lot of help from people like Mark Dawson. And, and then I found tail flick online which is a company that helps authors get their books produced oh okay and so that and so you work with them now I work with them I was I was hesitant about tail flick when I first saw them I thought what is this I've never heard of this but like I said with everything with technology I do jump in and and uh I love you know like I was one of the first people to put things on kindle and um my ebook my first ebook was actually ever was in 2000 <laughs> way back then and it was a, a cd-rom uh called and it was published by electric ebook publishing in 2000 it was a children's book oh poetry. isn't that fun that's so cool what so, a great story <laughs> see i have a lot of great stories but i don't really like you have to kind of stand back like when you were making me you know come and talk about this i'm like oh yeah it's kind of you see how all the puzzle pieces fit when you talk about it like that you know i haven't really delved into what happened to me but i always I've always been interested. My father is an engineer and maybe it's that. And he kind of um, went into being an entrepreneur for himself too. And perhaps it's that, that I just like to see what technology, how it can work for us. Yeah. So, so I was one of the first to people to put things on Kindle too and uh, an electric ebook. And so when I saw Tailflick, I was like, well, it hasn't failed me yet. I try these things. I have a few little failures and then, and then I figure them out. So Tailflick is a curation service where you upload your book pay a small fee. I mean, it's less than the cost of my um, annual fee for my um, website, much less. And, and it's just for them to have it on the site so that producers can kind of flip through like a, like a library, like a, a digital library. Oh, very cool. Okay. And then, and so then that's how these producers have maybe have copied, I mean, in addition to your agent's work. Well, this one for, for the ticket, the tail flick was um, the one who, who a producer came and found it. So FJ Productions went through Tailflick and found the ticket. So my agent is my uh, cheerleader and looks through all the contracts. And she's also working on right now on on some work for Strangely Incredibly Good. So, oh, very good. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> we've talked about the positive side, which is and some of those stories that you hadn't even remembered, which I think is so inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what about the the downsides? I mean, is there a um, What's, what's your uh, biggest failure or what, when you think about, like, what have you recovered from throughout right. the journey? Uh, oh, I, I make mistakes every day. 
but I just try to look up. <laughs> I hope you don't call them all biggest failures. <laughs> no, I, I don't call them mistakes. Like now I've started looking at them as stepping stones to my next success. Because you have to fall down and then get yourself back up and, and figure out what, what went wrong and, and you learn from it. And so you come back stronger. But again, I didn't look at that that way uh, until I started working for myself. Because you can, I mean, I work for myself. So I, I'm my own boss and I can really, I can fire myself every day I have. <laughs> you can. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, stop, I'm not doing this again. And the next morning I'm like, okay, I'll go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> so um so I had I had to shift too. Like the this, this four years of being a self publisher is a whole growth period, I think, for me, um, of looking at myself and you know what I'm capable of, and and so so I do I do mess up, but I look at every time I mess up as okay, it's a learning experience. Can you so, give me one example? Yeah, yeah. I and I have nothing against them. Like a lot of people love Ingram Sparks for printing their books, but it didn't work out for me at all. Um, I had Caged, which is my anthology of poetry, and I really wanted to do a hardcover in 2016 um, with my fo- with photographs. So, and, and, and Ingram Sparks was the only way to do a hardcover at that time. Now I think on Amazon you can do it through KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, right? Color photos. So I put it out, and it was a pretty expensive book, 36 bucks because it's hardcover. But a lot of people really wanted to have it as a a treasury of 25 years of of my work as a poet. And, uh, and I really just saw it as something for family and friends. But what happened is um, it was sold through Ingram Sparks. And I didn't, I didn't know. And I know now because my friend at Morning Rain Publishing was helping me and said, um, after the fact, oh, God, like you clicked on um, um, returns. <gasps> I clicked on allowing returns. Allowing oh, returns. No. Because I, <laughs> I, I. I thought that's not very nice that the person can't return the book. Look, me, me being, we're talking about Canadians, right? Being, <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> I was being polite. I was being polite. I was like, let them return it if they're not happy with it. They'll be happy with it. But somebody, one of my big fans in the UK, I still don't, I'm not sure, but I, I'm pretty sure because it happened in the UK because I, I sourced it, like where, like I figured out where this, the store ordered 40 books. And I'm not in the UK, Tracy. So how can I fly over there? And I mean, I've sold like 50 books in a, in a day at a bookstore um, by being there and shaking hands and talking about the book. But if I'm over here in Pancor, Quebec, and and uh, and the book was over was shipped to that bookstore, they allowed a reader to order 40 books. I guess this is what wow. I figured out. My husband and I tried to piece it together because what happened with the company, Ingram wouldn't even talk to me hardly at all, and they billed me twelve hundred US dollars. They wouldn't talk to you? No. Nope. Oh no. I mean, I tried and tried and tried, and I guess I could have. I could sue them. Maybe I'll sue them when I'm a big movie producer. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I just let it go. It was one of those things. I just let it go. It was. It was about six months of trying to figure out what happened, and tell them this is. And they just, yeah, they charged wow. me. Wow, that's very sad. They, I talked to them on the phone several times, and they said, "Well, you just should have clicked." Uh, you know, I, I, I knew that they would be destroyed too. I didn't want books being destroyed, and I'm really happy with. I mean, I know Amazon has a big um, reputation for right now, especially there was a documentary for not um, being environmentally friendly. But I think they are trying because I traced one of my books that I returned on purpose and managed to order it again, and it can't because I thought, well, maybe they'll be able to. Sh- I know that. The manufacturer is right here, and sure enough, like there's a little mar- tiny mark in the back, 
So they just sent it back to me, like from the returns department when oh, I ordered a good. new one. Right. So they well, at do least something, at least something worked. That's good. They do. Re- they do returns and, uh, and I'm not charged. That's, that's the beauty of that. So, um, so those returns, if... when they came back, they were all destroyed. I think the worst part of the story is they're floating around now because there's copies of that book um, being sold by third seller parties that I can't get paid for at all. I don't get any kind of royalty. Wow. And I've seen them for 185 pounds. How <laughs> like bizarre. It was, it, like they're really expensive. Yeah. I'm just, so when you, I mean, I don't like thinking about Oh, because about it it's true because with returns with bookstores, you can just take off the cover and send it back. You don't send the whole thing back. Right. Oh, man. Wow. So that was a huge mistake. And I just basically learned, you know, be careful with this fine print, I guess. And uh, uh, I think, I think also, like, it's not any any one mistake. It's more like an attitude. I've had to work on my attitude because I'm I'm part of myself. And I think every artist is. Yeah, that's the creative side of a <laughs> of our business, I guess. It's like when you're a creative entrepreneur, the entrepreneur side is um is is really really good or really really bad sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and and I I'm just I lighten up on myself lately. Um I think yoga's helped a lot. Yoga's given me a lot of um grounding. I took that up a year ago and I've been doing it like 3 to 4 times a week for a year. Wow. And, yeah, it, I, mean, I don't always do a full hour. Sometimes I just do twenty minutes. Right. But it it something about that has made me just kind of see. Well, I'm in the moment, right? When I do that, I'm just living in the moment, and 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 I think um, as an artist with a lot of ideas for creative projects, you can be constantly planning future work and forget to just live in the now. And like like you were saying, what's your greatest success? Well, or or highlight, and I often forget to pay attention to the current highlight, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you don't celebrate enough for, so that with, uh, yeah. with these kinds of successes. Yeah, it's a, it's a My good husband's thing. like that too. We're two peas in a pod that way. <laughs> it's good to remember to celebrate, you know, because it, it, um, I've been doing a gratitude journal and uh, writing down three things, basically starting the day with three things you're grateful for. And it's amazing how nice. much it improves your mindset. Yeah, I try to, I try to also say to myself, like, just, you don't have to do a thousand things today. Like, just one thing that you, that, that either you're scared of, or that's new to you, or that you might be proud of. And, it, you know, it doesn't, it, what I find, you know, that could be, <laughs> that could be Windexing the bathroom mirror properly. So it doesn't have spit all over it, because I often, like, <laughs> I often don't get to that, because I go right down to my desk to write. And I was disgusted for a year. I was like, God, I never get the bathroom cleaned. And my family helps out. They're they're good helpers, but um, I'm the one who's home all the time. So, you know, it stares. I, I look at it, and it's there in front of me, the mess. And I could I could spend the whole day cleaning, but I don't want to. I want to do creative stuff. Right, right, yeah. So, so that that one thing, I try to like, I I try to, I try to practice small habits now too. That's a good idea too, in terms of mindset. Um, one of the, my other questions was if you had. Uh, advice for people who are trying to create this kind of a career for independent writers. I mean, I know it, there is an independent writers association that's very popular in Britain and in uh, um, and in the U.S., but there isn't, as far as I know, except in Ottawa, one in Canada. Independent writing does not 
is not um, celebrated as much here yet. No, um, my 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 friends and and colleagues are mostly from the Mark Dawson self publishing formula, um, as far as like career wise goes. Um, wow. And and uh, and then people I've met online, um, a lot of people on Instagram. There's a lot of writers there and Twitter, um, who su- we all support each other. And my my agency now because a lot of the writers from there, you know, we all cheer each other on. Uh, advice. I mean, there's so much I could offer, and I try to do that. And I in, every day I I mention stuff in my IGTV. Well, not every day, but um, I was for a while um, for writers, and I I had a a YouTube uh, channel. I have the channel still, but I haven't really been uploading lately. But I did a um, a series at once a week called the wealthy writer, um, which isn't just about wealth. It's about like living a, a rich life so that I, you find the balance and, and ways to, and it was all about self-publishing and ways to stay healthy too, healthy and wealthy. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, wealth is multi-sided. It's not just money. It's not just uh, but to be fair, when you're a, a creator, actually concentrating on making a good living is important because if you can't make a good living with your work, you can't keep doing it. Exactly. Uh, so I think I, I gave a lot of advice in, in those er- in those two forums. So people can actually, if they're listening to this and want to go look, um, a lot of my tips are there. But I think one of the most popular ones was just um, people ask, like, how do I, how do I kind of do this every day? How do you get the books written? A lot of people ask, how do you set aside the time if you have a job? A lot of people who want to self-publish or, or even find a publisher later on, it doesn't matter. Um, they just have to get that book written, but how do they find the time? And, and I think it, if you, it's just monumental if you look at it like how much you have to do, you know, 60,000 words, if you look at it like that. But if you break it down into pieces and you just say, well, even if I just start doing 500 words a day you know, and find that window for that, and for me, with my the first time I wrote something longer than poetry was the screenplay that I wrote called "The Friends I Never Met," which I ended up um, putting in my series because it's a love again story, also. Oh, and that's yeah, cool. so so. Oh. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> sort of, but not very much. If if you, okay, if you end up hearing that, that was my email uh, singing, and it's one of the reminders that I I have. Um, for my daughter, uh, sing, she's singing as a toddler. And oh, so, wonderful! So, so I got I'm distracted now because it distracted me. It was in my ears, but it's <laughs> it's she's singing "You Are My Sunshine," and it's it was one of the things I set up a long time ago. She she could kill me right now because she's 15, and she'd die. Um, that everybody heard that, but it, it's a reminder to to not always be at my desk at seven seven thirty eight p.m. because um, I've got a family and they're really important to me. So when I hear that because my email goes off every, you know, 15 minutes. Um, it just kind of reminds me, oh, okay, you don't have to check that tonight. You can go back to that tomorrow. So, and that's... That's, a, that's good advice. And it's, yeah. it's important because it's, uh, you, you need to actually have life is full of more than just work. Oh, exactly. And and uh, I wish my phone had something like that. <laughs> I, I try not to have a lot of notifications popping up, you know, so I can have a good conversation with somebody. And it isn't pinging at me. Um, I often turn the sound off and then somebody says, you didn't hear me phoning. So 
I haven't found the balance for that yet because I don't want to miss important calls, but um, nothing's more important than having lunch with my daughter and, and we're really, you know, at the crux of a conversation, it's an important conversation and then you get a ping or yeah, and you're I don't distracted. like that. Yeah, yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I want to be in the moment with the person, you know. And that's that's one of my my tips for you know. Okay, well, how are you going to write? How are you going to get that writing done if all those things matter to you too as a person? Um, and it's just setting setting up a window just for you and your writing. For me, it's every morning. And I with friends I've never met, like I said, I I got up at four thirty in the morning. Um, my daughter was much younger then and she was, she would be up by six thirty. So. Right. So that would give you two hours. Yeah. 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 I'm so, still actually, my kids now are um, older. They're always sleeping in, but I still get up really early. Like I'm up, I'm at, I'm at my desk between six and nine is my writing time. Oh, that's awesome. Because it's, um, it's guaranteed. And then, cause I don't need to eat breakfast yet. Like I can eat breakfast at, at, at nine and I'm quite comfortable that way. So. I've done that here and there lately with my the sixth novel I'm working on, and but there's been all this other excitement that we just talked about, yeah. and I've been so distracted. So I I've needed sleep, and I've just haven't, and I've needed the mornings to to work on negotiations and stuff like that. But oh my really, gosh, you poor dear, you're working on negotiations. Isn't oh that God. fun? <laughs> that's a you know, but that's a season, right? How long is that going to last? Yeah, no, it's fun. It's just I'm not getting writing done, but but it's also important. Anyways, that when I was saying to, to writers, like, you don't have to write every day. Well, it also kind of, like, what's happening to me right now is making me not rethink what I'm writing, but kind of go, okay, my audience could actually be Netflix now, like, maybe for this book, for this one I'm doing right now. Who knows? Right. Like, some of the opportunities have opened up. So I'm just, it's not shifting too much because I've always had the same style. And I, I love in in this one too, there's a, a technology uh, issue. <laughs> Perfect. So that's your thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it just it just kind of informs the writing a little bit differently. Isn't that fun? That's really fun. I, I love that uh, tip. And and but I mean, it's funny when you're talking about not writing now, but you're celebrating. And you were just saying earlier that you wanted to celebrate more. <laughs> I need to call you every day to remind me all this stuff. <laughs> therapy with Tracy this is therapy, therapy oh my writing. gosh well we, we do have to talk more often we haven't talked yeah. often enough it's for sure but uh now you know we're uh, we're heading towards our our we you, you did hint a little bit about Canadian and the fact that we are Canadian uh yes. creative entrepreneurs and uh can you talk about um do you consider yourself a Canadian and what do you, what does that mean to you how do you define it for sure I am a Canadian a <laughs> I'm <laughs> For sure. Even as I said, for sure, I'm like, oh gosh, that sounds Canadian. I, I am. Um, I'm, I'm really proud Canadian. I, I have a Tim Horton celebrating 150 years mug um, that I drink my coffee from every morning. And um, I try to take Canadian pictures for my readers on my Instagram to give them a, a feel for what the seasons are. Um, and uh, I have pictures of me in my Canadian hat uh, from Canada Day that are still on the internet. And again, to my daughter's dismay, because she's like giving the peace sign behind me. <laughs> like, I, think, I think Google cho Google chooses what's in your page for finding you, and and like what for searching finding you. Well, same thing. But and I said to Kayla, "Oh my gosh, they've got like you when you were like I don't know seven years old." 
<laughs> Stuff lives on the internet forever, doesn't it? It does. It does. But that's, um, so, that's yeah, a fun really moment. Proud. She won't care as much later. I mean, fifteen is hard. <laughs> yeah, fifteen is a hard year. It it is fun, and it and I I am, and I've I, I've always wished that I could do a bit more with my books here. Um, I always put a lot of Canadian content in them. But what I what I mean is like they're taking off in the states. I mean, I think when I look at my numbers, ninety um, percent of my readers are from the states. And, oh, I mean, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, I did advertising there, and I wasn't able to advertise um, as much um, through Amazon in Canada. But they are opening up advertising in Amazon Canada now. Oh, so uh, that so, will probably help. So yeah, that'll probably help. But um, I, I think, I think maybe there's more of a market. Plus, a lot of readers just use Amazon.com as their base, not .ca. So. So maybe I have Canadian readers and, and it's logging them in as .com. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Maybe you don't even know that you have Canadian readers. It's true. Yeah. Through my mailing list, I can tell. And I, and I do. I, and, I, and, I, and I'm on um, social media. They'll say, hey, I'm in Canada. And so it's great. And, I, and I, there's that real connection when you meet another Canadian, isn't there? Yeah. It, well, it's interesting because it depends on, um, like you said, you know, Canadian for you is seasons. That's one of the things. Yes. Um, is, are there other uh, aspects to being Canadian for you? <laughs> Do we get into politics? <laughs> <laughs> it's n- enough said uh, there. <laughs> I just said it. Yeah. I, I, just think, I just think, I think right now, let's face it right now. We're happier with the country. We're not divided as much. There are, there's lots to improve in Canada, but we're not as divided and, um, and I think uh, I speak to that. I speak to some of the problems that do exist. I actually, um, and a very smaller theme of Lauren from last night, which is my most recent novel. It's set in, in um, a fictional Kingston, Ontario, where I went to Queens and I called it Edwin Cove. Um, I like to fictionalize the town so that it's not, it's cause it's not going to be exact. Right. And then you can right. get reviewers saying, Oh, this isn't exactly what I remember. And, well, I'm saying, well, it's a fictional town. Yeah. And um, I, I have different cultures living there um, in Canada. So they're Cuban. They're, her, his parents are Cuban, but he's been, he was born and raised there. And um, she's actually a Brit who comes as an exchange student to Kingston. I just love playing with different cultures. Um, I, I always make sure that I'm using my own voice, but... Um, for for lesser not main characters i just like the sub characters to just have flavored and in, in spite like it just adds more interest for me um and that's something about being a canadian because i grew up um i grew up in a pretty white town but then as i grew older and got to go um places in kingston toronto then here in montreal um my social circle became so multicultural and i loved it and i learned so much um, although actually I have to defend Queens cause it did, I did happen with some international students. I met a lot of them and I remember, uh, meeting some, some people from Africa and, and learning so much from them. And I, one of them, um, his name was Christmas, which is why I named that town Christmas cause his name was Christmas. Noel, it was Noel. Oh uh, yeah. And so Pete, you know, multiculturalism is really a big part of my life. I have Chinese neighbors here. Um, one of my good friends who's always cheered me on 
as a writer is actually from Trinidad and Tobago. And she lived in the States for a while and then she moved here. So oh, how wonderful. So I think when I think about being Canadian, I do think about how um, we're a diverse nation. Yeah. And, and well, and it's, it's fascinating the, um, the opportunities that you can make for um, cross-cultural cross learning, as you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's what's happened is that I'm really proud of living here. Um, but yet logging on every day, I'm, I'm meeting people around the world. And, and that's what's happened. The, the producer that's um, optioned the ticket is from Brazil. He lives in L.A. now, but originally from Brazil. So he's Brazilian-American. And my, my, my translator is from, gosh, I want to go there. She's from the south of France. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go meet her, have a vacation there when, when this is all over. And uh, what else? Uh, I mean, I work with Americans because my agency is Metamorphosis Literary Agency in the States. Right. And then, uh, uh, and then yeah. you're part of uh, Mark Dawson's community, so you have the, uh, right. the UK connection too. So, uh, but that's also very Canadian to work with others well, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, that's you, you've sort of covered all the bases, like season, multicultural collaboration. It's like uh, we've got all the tickets. Was there anything that I didn't ask you that you were hoping to talk about? Ah, uh, no, you caught me off guard on some stuff that, like I said, I hadn't thought about before. Um, <laughs> awesome. Which is great, which is fun. And, it is uh, fun. I'm so happy to catch up with you and congratulations again on your success with the ticket and with your entire uh, fiction career. It's really fun to see you succeed. Well, thank you so much for all of the support and uh, for asking me here. It's been lots of fun. Oh, thank you. Okay. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Unapologetically Canadian. Please consider supporting our podcast for $2.99 a month. Join select listeners and get additional episodes every month. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.